This episode is brought to you by Enhanced CBD, bringing you the best CBD products on the market. Head over to their website and use code SUPERNECESSARY for 10% off at checkout. It's also brought to you by Forces Fightwear, bringing you premium boxing equipment and apparel. Go to their website and use code SUPERNECESSARY10 for 10% off. And it's also brought to you by Performance Box, high quality sports supplements. Use code SUPERNECESSARY for 10% off your subscription. Super necessary. God, Eric, my God! Unbelievable! Just like that! Come and go! You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! You can't say much other than wow. Hello and welcome back to Super Necessary. Very different episode for us. The first one we've ever done like in person with each other. Um, and obviously we've got a whole bunch of new equipment. And it's weird at the minute, not going to lie. <laughs> not used to doing it like this. But it's uh, it's the progression we need. And it's the progression you're going to see hopefully going forward very much. Um, does it feel as weird to you as it does to me? We're professionals now, lads. This is it. <laughs> we've got all the equipment. But it, it does. It feels feels weird. You know, it's a, a massive difference going from a, a webcam to a to a real camp. proper camera, yeah, <laughs> with all the equipment. But it's new and it's fun. So yeah, yeah looking forward to it. So all we're going to be doing today um, is just we've got a few listener questions, and really we just wanted to do this to test out the equipment more than anything. Um, so. Let's get straight into it. We haven't got many listener questions, so we've got a few for each other. Um, and then we're going to just sort of finish off by letting you know what we've got planned for the future. I'm not going to give too much away, because we don't want people robbing our boss ideas. Um, <laughs> that ours, no one else's. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give as much away as we can without giving anything away. It's probably pointless me actually saying it, to be honest, but, you know, let's just do it anyway. We'll just mention it. Yeah. yeah. We'll just uh, mention it. Have you got, do you want to get the questions up? Yeah, Okay. So I say we haven't we haven't got that many. Um, I think we got three overall. Bless you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we didn't get many overall. I think we got three, um, and then so we've just thought of a few for each other. Um, okay, yeah. So uh, the first one then is from Chris at Unmatched MMA. He says the real Brooklyn gangster Ali Quinter just said he wants either Tony Ferguson or Nate Diaz has his return opponent. Who would you rather see him fight and why? And who do you see winning? So we want either Tony or Nate. Yeah. Um, Tony. I'd, I'd rather see him fight Tony. I think Tony's a better opponent overall. I think Diaz is more... Diaz has become a money fight ever since he beat McGregor. Um, I don't think... Diaz is great, but he's never really been that elite level fighter, in my opinion. He's Before the Conor McGregor fight... Let's be honest, he was chosen because McGregor thought it was going to be an easy win. Yeah. Um, and I think since then he's become a money fight because he won. And don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of Diaz, but if Alaya Quinta wants the best fight possible for him, then it, it's Ferguson, no doubt. And who do you think would win? Um, 
it's hard to say at the minute because obviously Tony's on this this fucking three fight losing streak. Um, so any other time you'd say Tony, but with him being on that, I think it's a difficult one to call. So he's he's losing, but he's not getting proper beat, is he? You know, he's going decisions. He's he's not getting knocked out. He's not getting submitted. So I think that makes for a good fight. I I think I would probably go Ferguson as well. Um, would Diaz actually take the fight with Ayakunta? Um, probably not. No, I don't <laughs> think he would. Um, again, Diaz sees himself as the money fight. He believes he's he's a big draw, which he is because of the McGregor fight, as I say. But I don't think he would take the fight myself. I think Ferguson would. But you say Ferguson's not getting beat, like, battered. But, like, he was never in that fight with Benil. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, so just because he's going to decision doesn't mean he's not getting battered. Yeah. It's like Chris Moutinho. He got battered everywhere. But, well, he should have went to decision, but it never. Yeah, and isn't Diaz looking at a fight with Dustin now? Middleweight? You seen that? <laughs> no. What? Why? So apparently he he said on Twitter, uh, one eighty five show up or something like that to Dustin, and he said I'd basically kill you everywhere, regardless. Uh, I don't know why he's looking at middleweight, but no, I mean that makes no sense for Dustin. Like, yeah, of course. He's got the title fight next. Why? Why go up a weight? Why? Why risk? Why? No. No. Maybe Diaz is thinking, well, you've just fought Connor twice. Money fight. Come get another money fight. I'll I'll have a go at you. No. I don't I don't think Dustin wants that ty- type of fight anymore. I think the McGregor fight made sense because it was the trilogy. Now, go and get the belt that everyone thinks he's going to get. I think people are thinking that's a foregone conclusion straight away. Like, But, I don't know, I think we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I don't know. I think as well... Uh, obviously, Iaquint has called for them too, but I think everyone's more looking forward towards Connor probably fighting one of those, you know, Diaz or Ferguson. So I don't know he, even if he gets the fight, even though he's called for them. I think for Connor next, the the fight that makes sense is is the Diaz trilogy. Round that one off, and then see where he goes from there. Um, he, he's he doesn't deserve. Why get another shot at Dustin? Just because of the way the fight ended, he was he still lost a round. Yeah, you know it doesn't make any sense for me to fight Dustin again. I'd rather see him do the trilogy with Diaz, and then if he wins, see if he can start getting back up the rankings. Which I personally don't believe he will or can, but who knows? See, the only way that fight with Diaz makes sense to me is because Diaz is unranked. I don't think Connor should be fighting anyone in the top fifteen. People might be mad about that, but. I don't think he should. I think that's the only way that fight makes sense. Because for him to go up to welterweight and then say, oh, yeah, well, I'll fight Dustin after he's had the title. Well, you come back down to lightweight. You know yeah. what I mean? You're not improving your record anywhere there. So it's, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, say, Connor, Connor's always going to be in and around it because of who he is. Um, and it's a shame on people who get overlooked. But at least we know Dustin's getting the shot next, so... Him and Olive should be a good fight, but no, yeah. For again, to answer the question, Tony, Tony to fight yeah. that Quinta and Tony to win, but it'd be close. Why do you think the time off for Quinta is going to play a thing in it if if he fights him? No, I don't. I think that's a bit of a. I think with a lot of fighters, that's a bit of a myth. 
because even if they take time off and not fighting, a lot of them are still always in that same frame still of mind. They're still training. They're still, you know, it's like it's like Nathan said, and other fighters we've had on the podcast have said they're never really out of fight camp. Yeah, yeah. They're always kind of in it anyway, so they're always got that mentality. They're always sort of ready to go. So I don't. I, I think it's a little bit of a myth. The whole is time off going to affect them thing. I think it's just another thing for them to go in with, isn't it? Well, you, you've been out for ages. Obviously, you you're gonna have ring rust, but with some, it doesn't exist. No, yeah, I mean, it's just something for the the media to put on them. Yeah, and another thing for them to think about. Um, shall we move on to the next question then? Cause yeah, go we, on, get the next one. one. Um, so the next one is from Cyrus at Cyrus King. He said, "Do you want to see Connor v Dustin Par four? If you do, do you think it's possible it might be for the championship? No, I don't want to see Conor and Dustin par four in the slightest. If it does happen, I think it could well be for the title. Obviously, as as we mentioned, we know Dustin's got the next shot at, at Olives. If he wins that, you know, looking at what Dana said, Dustin seems to be up for par four. Dana seems to be very willing to put par four on. If he wins the belt or not, unless... Unless he says you can have par four, but you've got to have it at welterweight or something, then it's going to be for the belt. Uh, but uh, Dana's obviously got to have some sort of hope that maybe, um, maybe Dustin loses, so then he can make that par four. Or is he gonna be a kind of arse licker and give him the title anyway, even if yeah. Dustin wins? For me personally, as much as I like Dustin, if it's going to be a case of if he wins the belt, Connor's getting a shot at the belt. I want Olives to retain. I'm yeah. I'm impartial towards it at the minute who wins. I like both of them. So it's a win-win for me. Um, but if it's going to be a case of Dustin gets the belt, then Connor gets a shot at the belt, I hope Dustin doesn't get the belt. Yeah, I agree. I'd Just for the simple fact that Connor doesn't deserve it. No, he doesn't. As I say, I don't think he should really be fighting anyone in the top 15. For me, he shouldn't even be ranked 7 at lightweight, but... Yeah, it's crazy it is that what it is. Like, Rank seven at lightweight with one win in the division. Yeah, since what, 2016? Yeah. So, for, for me, that's mind boggling, but obviously, it is It is how it is. He's, he's the money fight, you know. that For me, that that's all he's got to him right now. Yeah. He's the money fight, you know. His, his biggest weapons were his striking and his trash talking, and now he can't even do them. As I've said to you, I don't think his head's in it anymore. Yeah, I, he he's, he doesn't want it as much as he wanted it in the past. Twenty sixteen McGregor was a different animal. Twenty twenty one McGregor is just he's a money man now. That's all he cares about. He cares about making money, getting paid. Um, he he's not really in it for the fights anymore. It you can, he looks like he is in in training and stuff like that. But really, for me, it's kind of like, oh yeah, he's showing off his physique and how much muscle he's put on. Like yeah, be a bodybuilder then. <laughs> He is, like, still, he is still an animal, but he's a cash cow. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he, I just, I don't think, I'd say, I don't think his head's in it anymore. And like, uh, like my, my PT said, you know, it's hard to be hungry when you vet as well as the McGregor's. Yeah. And he's, and he's eating every day. That's what I mean. He sat there eating fucking gold-plated fucking caviar or something. And, but that that's the money he's made. That, that allows him to do it. Fair play to him. You can't knock, you can't knock his... Is a is drive and determination in that sense, but as I say, in terms of fighting, you can tell he doesn't have that same drive anymore. Yeah, and as much as we're not fans of him, we can admit that he's done 
big things for MMA. You know, he's drawn yeah. more fans to it. You know, he he was good coming up, but now he's just as we said, he's he's eating every day. He's got a he's got a fucking globe on his wrist every day <laughs> with that watch. I know, yeah, fucking. So, it. No, the one thing we've always said is we're not fans of McGregor the man. McGregor the fighter, at least back in the day anyway, was was great. Mm. I just always wanted them to lose. But yeah. and I still do man. to be fair. Yeah. But it was it's McGregor the man that we've never liked mm. and continue to not like. And you you were nearly changing not so long ago. I know. And he, I told you it was all yeah. up front and you didn't believe me. He, he nearly had me with the whole nice McGregor, but obviously that was frame I, I told you it pissy, was all put on. I've told you you've got you've got to start listening to me more. <laughs> just the way the world goes. He's right. just he's he's good for the sport in a in a sense of how much attention he brings to it. But the reason he, he brings that attention is because he's toxic. Do you, do you think now though it's it's expected like he needs to be the bad guy like when he's the good guy no one no one likes him you know what I mean so um, do you think it's expected to an extent yeah I think see n- no actually tell a lie I don't think it is because I think regardless of how he is he is his his fans his, his arse licking fans are still gonna lick his arse no matter what yeah so it doesn't matter what he look at the look at the bus attack. That got, as I've always said, that got put in the fucking the promo in yeah. the promo for the Khabib fight. Yeah, criminal damage. He's, he's assaulted people essentially, and and he, he caused a lot of mental health issues for people on that. That's, that's what I mean. Trauma, isn't it? Anyone else on the roster, they'd be they'd be cut immediately. And if they got brought, and if they ever had another fight in the company, it wouldn't be anywhere near the promo. But because it's McGregor, his fans lapped it up. Yeah, and then had a go at Khabib for jumping out the cage and, and attacking Dylan Dennis and that. And my Small. stance on it was, be pissed off when all that happened. Be pissed off at Khabib if you want, but you've got to be pissed off at. If you were pissed off at McGregor, be pissed off at Khabib. If you ain't pissed off at McGregor, you can't be pissed off at Khabib. Yeah, like what Khabib done was small to what McGregor done. Yeah, you know what I mean, but, but people will shit on that. It was it, it don't it was a dick move, but he'd been pushed into it, and I understand to an extent why Khabib done that on that night. Mm. But McGregor was just being a. Petulant child as he always is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so fuck I think, McGregor. I think we've covered that. I think we've covered that dislike for McGregor. Um, but I don't think we've mentioned it enough. You know, to be honest. Don't you think? No, no. No. Oh, okay. Um, we might come back to that in future. Uh, that we hate McGregor. No. <laughs> possibly later because I've I've got a question for you, but it's sort of being answered. But you can still answer it. Yeah, I'm sure we can um, answer it more. So we'll move on to the next one then. So it's Greg from the And Then Some podcast. Um, is at, is, let me find it, at ATSM underscore podcast. Um, he's asked, what male and female fighters would you mate together to create a super fighter? Mine's Brock Lesnar and Holly Holm. Combine Brock's top game with Holly striking. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting question. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Francis Ngannou and Prime Ronda Rousey. Okay. Right. Like, imagine Ronda. Ronda. Imagine Francis's knockout power with Ronda's. I'm gonna get you in an armbar no matter what you do. Ground game. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a scary fighter. That is a scary fighter. <laughs> It was in my head. It was a toss up between Ronda and Amanda. 
but I thought I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ronda on this one. Terrible. I know it is, but as I say, it's terrible because you almost took my choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the only reason I went with Ronda is because in her prime, she made everything look so effortless, and so yeah. does Amanda. But like, we hadn't seen it before when Ronda was doing it. Yeah, especially true. from a female fighter. Anyway, so I think Ronda was Ronda was the first in the UFC. Anyway, she was the first global female superstar. Yeah, in the UFC, and so every fight with her was was a main event and. You look at the way Amanda sort of gets disrespected now. She's not even the main event as a world champion. She's that's, below an interim title fight. That's ridiculous for me. Like, She's a double champ and she can't even main event a card. She can. She should. She has. But because it's the heavyweights, it's... Oh, no, you've got yeah, to go no, the Yeah, no, fair enough. I get that it's no, the heavyweights. It, it, it should be... That should be the co-main now. Yeah, it's not it for should, a real title. It's interim title. It's below the actual title. Yeah. Amanda's defending her actual title. She should be main... But I'd, I've said this before, like you know. But yeah, that, that's that's how it goes, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think my choice would be Derek Lewis and Amanda. I think Derek Lewis, he's got the power. If you get him down, somehow he, he gets up. Like you can have him inside control. No, I'm just gonna stand up. And then obviously Amanda's pressure, hair striking. You know what I mean? I think that would make for a scary ass fighter as well. Yeah, definitely. You know. Polish power, yeah. nice. Polish nice. power, um, yeah. So that that was a certainly a very different question. I like that one. That was good though. Yeah, that's that's what, what we like. Um, so I did want to just rob on. So obviously Cyrus has his own podcast, and he asks for questions every week, and he gets tons. But I seen one, and it um it was interesting. So I'm gonna rob it. So I'm gonna still, we'll still give the person the credit who asked the question. Yeah. Her name is a uh, Pammy Cakes, and uh, at is underscore. Uh, cakes underscore Pammy. Okay. So she asked this to Cyrus, but I say I, I like the question, so I'm going to rob it. Um, <laughs> Thief. <laughs> so which fighter do you think has the most loyal fan base, and why is it the Diaz brothers? Is what mm. she said. I'd, if we're if we're going for the Diaz brothers, I think it's the fact that they don't give a shit. Um, they they'll basically say how it is. They do what they want to do, so they get the loyal fan base. But I think the most Little fan base outside of that, as mad as it sounds, it's probably got to be McGregor's because he can't do any wrong and they'll still back him up. Yeah. And there we are talking about McGregor again. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, for me, I think McGregor's fans are more loyal than Diaz because he can't do any wrong in their eyes. Mm. Um, oh, 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 <laughs> go on. When I was watching the fight today from McGregor and Poirier, yeah. Yeah. yeah that. Is that because they're so loyal to McGregor, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is, he is an American, Poirier is an American fighter, and there was tons of Americans there, but most, like, most of them start to boo him, Poirier. That blew my mind, to be honest with you. Didn't like, someone, I don't know if it was, was it Joe Rogan maybe mentioned it, like, throughout the whole night, you had everyone who wasn't from America getting booed, Yeah. and chance of USA all night, and then Dustin goes out and he's getting booed as the American. And, and it's like you're rooting for the enemy. Someone yeah. said, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, and I'm gonna it, have to it's find mad. It's even when he's walking out the cage, he's getting booed. People are saying, "Oh shit!" To him, it's like, how can you, how can you hate on him? You know what I mean? He's a decent man. He does, he does things for charity. He's, he's a quality fighter. It's just because your boy got fucked up in and the second one. But at least, at least now he's got the sleepy, uh, sleepy McGregor pendant. 
<laughs> yeah, seeing that with Jake Paul, yeah. Which is, to um, be fair, I mean, again, he's auctioning that off for charity. He yeah. could have kept it and trolled him with it and wore it in, if they ever fight again in a press conference, but no, he's going to use it for his charity. One question I want to, want to ask you is, um, do you think that first round was a 10-8? Does people seem sort of, sort of um, confused with this one? Like, Do you think that first round was a 10-8? I don't know if it was necessarily a 10-8. Because um, I think McGregor was, you know what? No, I don't actually. No. I think it was the ten nine definitely. McGregor lost the round absolutely, but I don't think it was a ten eight because McGregor was was sort of decent on the feet for the first minute or so. Yeah. Even when he got him, you know, when he when it went to the floor, he had that guillotine attempt, um, and he was busy on on his back. To be fair to him, he was he was hitting him with elbows, trying for the kicks, kicks and that. Him. Yeah. Um. But obviously, they've took two judges give it ten eight. Yeah, they've obviously given it. You know, because he's because Dustin's had the control. That's obviously what they've gone for. Yeah. Um. But now, personally, I, I don't think it was a ten eight. I think it was a ten nine. I agree. I agree. I think it was definitely a ten nine. Um. I think, as you say, it comes down to con- control. Dustin controlled over half the rounds. Yeah. On the, on the ground. Um. If you're doing effective grappling. That's there as well. Effective striking the elbows. Mm. You know I mean? But again, if you're talking effective striking, you can talk about McGregor exactly. being effective in the same. Do, in do the you same think that way, an effective grappling with McGregor was the guillotine attempt. You know, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have been going for it. Um, um, but no, it. I mean, as I say, he lost the round, but it wasn't. Definitely wasn't a ten eight. No. Um, so, they they were all the questions we got to this week. Um, in fairness, we didn't give a lot of notice. No, I think we gave like less than forty-eight hours notice. <laughs> uh, we don't because normally like we don't normally record in the day either, do we? So it's uh, but you know it's red hot here in Liverpool today. Yeah, and it's disgusting. Scorching. Not used to the heat. Um. British, we'll complain anyway. Yep, absolutely scorching. I mean, people know that about us by now. We we do kind of just come on here to moan sometimes. Yeah. Um, so but you know, it's part of being British. Part of being British, we can't help it. <laughs> Um, right, so as I said, we've we've got a few questions for each other. Um, I think we've I've got three. I think have you got three as well? I have three, yes. not including the one you've just asked me. Um, so let me ask you one of my first, and then you can go with one of yours. So this first question is about the podcast itself. Okay. So, um, what's been your favourite interview that we've done, and why? Mm. You fucker! <laughs> <laughs> I um. thought that'd be a nice question. It is a nice question, but then it seems like the other ones haven't been as good. <laughs> no, I mean you make me put people in the dirt here. Um, no, f- nothing fav- like that. But favorite. it's just I've got on my other podcast. I've got probably favorite interviews there for different reasons. Yeah. Like you can have more than one favorite interview on here, but for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you had to choose just one, no slight on any of the others. Um, I don't know. That's a tough question. That's why I asked it. We've had a lot of lot of good interviews, a lot of good fighters on. We have. Um, probably Boust. You know, Peter Boust. Peter Boust. Yeah, I'm the Boust. Who we can now <laughs> pronounce his name properly. Yeah. Oh, first I wanted to say Beist. I think. We, yeah, we said Beist because that's how he had someone else pronounce it, and he didn't correct them. Yeah. And then you asked him how it was pronouncing, and he said, like that. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'd I'd say Peter. Um. I, I enjoyed that, that interview. I think that was only our second one, wasn't it? But you'd yeah, seen yeah. the progression 
in how we were on the camera. You know mm. what I mean? It felt more natural. Um, hopefully, we don't look awkward right now. <laughs> well, we'll find out when, when we watch it back. Yeah. But hopefully, it looks authentic. <laughs> It'll definitely you know. be authentic. Like <laughs> the, the one thing you can never uh, say about us is we're not we're not real. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably go along with that myself, to be honest. Um, with with Peter, I just think the way he was, he made you feel at ease, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and he, he had that little secret about himself. So yeah. That was nice. No. But no, it, it's just like, I think as with, with Peter, when we spoke to Mitch Chilson and he mentioned about like the whole mentality of people in one yeah. championship, it made me appreciate the Peter one even more then. Yeah, because yeah. he was the absolute personification of what one is. You know, everyone's welcome. Everyone's your friend kind of thing. And Peter was saying, you know, people will come to his house and ask for an interview, ask for interviews, ask for <laughs> autographs and that, and he'll say, yeah, yeah, come in, have something to eat. Yeah, like, and really, like, imagine, imagine like shocking almost. You know what I mean? Imagine going to Brock Lesnar's house or something and saying, ah, oh, sorry to bother, you, but like, can we have a autograph? And he just goes, ah, oh, yeah, come in, have something to eat. Yeah, Brock, you just know it's not going to happen. Have a big piece of meat. Yeah, eat like a man, <laughs> like ponytail Brock. Let let us in. Ponytail Brock, scary. <laughs> ponytail Brock's weird. That, that was weird. I wouldn't say it to his face, like, but nah, you know what? I probably would, but then I'd run away. But then he's fast, <laughs> so no, I wouldn't say it to he's his face. He's fast and he's gonna wrestle, yeah. Yeah. Fucked. So <laughs> uh, say say it's a good thing. Yeah. It's no, a ponytail Brock is scary, like. Um, mm. but yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> he's he's mad. Um, yeah, I go with, I go with Peter myself. That was that was fun. Um, so the one, the first one I had is, what do you make of O'Malley spending time with six nine? Do you think that makes his his stock go down, or what, what do you think? I think it should make his stock go down. Whether it does or not, obviously remains to be seen. But I wouldn't want to be caught dead anywhere near six nine. You yeah. know, why would you want to be around someone who's a snitch and someone who's a, a nonce? Yeah, like the man, the man's an actual convicted paedophile. As I said, it's not it's not a good mix, you know, being no. a snitch and a, like, a nonce. The fella was fucking releasing songs from his house for the past year because he wasn't allowed out of his house. He's on house arrest. I, d- I just think it's mad how, how he's got so, such a such a following, like how people like him. He's not even good at his like, job. And then I don't I don't get it because the same people that'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, six nines, great, blah blah blah, are the same ones who won't listen to R. Kelly anymore. Rightfully so. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but yeah. how can you have two two so different opinions on two people who, who are similar pretty, yeah you've done yeah. yeah yeah exactly I don't get it and it's like yeah he, he, need, he needs to be fucking he needs to be fucked off that 6 9 yeah I mean his music's shite anyway like if his music was decent I'd, I'd go it, it, it'd be a bit of a confliction you go oh fucking hell I want to listen to him because his songs are good but he's a pedo so I'm not going to like <laughs> R Kelly yeah like if R Kelly comes on on my playlist now on Spotify I'll turn it off a bit begrudgingly like, yeah. fucking hell it's a boss song now I used to, to like over. that and now bloody yeah. you know he's he's a nonce so but like 6 9 music is shite so it's not even actually worth listening to regardless uh, you, can't, you can't even call it music it's just I mean you can there is actual music in the background it's somewhere just, he's a mumbler and he's a he's not a mumble rapper he's just a mumbler mumbler <laughs> he's just a, a mumbler what's that <laughs> um, yeah no I think his stock should go down but I don't think it will no I don't think it will people, um, are, people are weird so this is this is a bit of a I'm gonna to have to explain this one a little bit I think but so who do you think is a fight is the one fighter who's got one particular part of their game that's overlooked like an underrated part of their game so for instance 
Khabib striking. Mm. Nobody thinks Khabib's got the striking game, but you look at his record, and he's got a very even record in terms of how he's won fights. Yeah. So, is there anybody you think fits in that bracket where they might get a say it's a striker who might get a submission win? I don't know where you think fucking hell didn't know he could do that. First one that comes to mind is Oliveira. In what in, sense? In in a sense of you know he's a jiu-jitsu specialist. He does get a lot of wins by submission, but he can knock it out. You know, yeah. Like we've seen with Chandler, he has. I, I think his stand-up game is underrated, and he's he's shown it now. He's he's been shown it. You know what I mean? So, I think that would be my answer. Oliveira. He he's a good jiu-jitsu specialist, but his uh, striking is underrated. Yeah. I think one of them, for me, would be uh, Usman. Maybe not not so much anymore after the Masvidal fight, but before that, Masvidal even said himself, I've took his best shot and I can take it. Obviously he didn't, but (laughs) I think that's part of it. And Mm. I think it was the same with Khabib when he was fighting. Everyone was like, he can't stand with McGregor, he's going to get knocked out if he does. And then I thought the same, to be honest. In, In the back of my head, I was like, if he stands with him, it's game over. Yeah. But he stood with him and he put McGregor down. He so, him, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, McGregor got straight back up, but the fact that he put him down and yeah. it wasn't the other way around was huge. And Habib's actually got an underrated chin as well. That's what I mean. You know, so, so um, yeah, I just thought that was a an interesting way around to go about the question. Yeah. Uh, nice one. So, my last one isn't MMA related or anything, but um, it's quite so fun. It'll make Seth. you think again. Second one is, as I say, we've kind of answered it, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. So, obviously, everyone's still talking about Connor, as as we can see. Um, we're not the biggest fans, but what do you think's next for him? And what did you make of him saying he was injured before the fight? Um, So, in terms of him being injured before the fight, at first, I thought it was a convenient excuse. But then you see pictures of him, and he has had the ankle strapped up and stuff like that. Yeah, He has had his legs strapped up for what looks like a, a considerable part of his camp. So maybe there was a bit of truth to it. I don't think there's an, it's enough to me as like, just go, hey, I'm broke. But like, for, for me, why come in with a kick-heavy approach? You know, cut straight out the gate, he comes out with two spinning back kicks. No, but um, see, the thing is as well, the doctors have apparently known about this and still let the fight go ahead. Still cleared it, yeah. So, one, if that's true, you've got to question the doctors. And if, it, if, if it's not it, true, we like, not, everyone knows. Was it as bad as he's making out? It may it may have been, it may not have been, we don't know. But every the one thing you can't take away from McGregor is he doesn't back out of a fight. Yeah. So you've gotta you've gotta give him that. And even if he was injured, he was never ever gonna back out of that fight. And that's where the doctors need to come in and go, I'm not medically clearing you to fight. Yeah. So that's on the doctors. Now he's out long. And why he's coming with a kick heavy approach, again, he's that's probably the way that the camp has been based around and he's just thought that's how my camps went. That's what I'm doing. Um, maybe, maybe. And let again, let's be honest. That's a it's a freak accident. He might have been injured before it. He might not have been. That still could have happened regardless. Yeah, you've seen it before. Look at the Wideman fight. Exactly. That, that was the first fucking first kick. It was the first attack of the fight. It wasn't <laughs> even the first kick. It was the first attack of any kind. Yeah. And Uriah Hall was it? Uriah Hall. Yeah, it was, wasn't Hall, it? Yeah. Uriah Hall is the first person in UFC history to win a fight without throwing a fucking punch or a kick. I don't know whether that's good or bad. It's weird. <laughs> it's a record I don't think anybody thought he'd ever get. And will anybody else ever get it? <laughs> well, no one else. No. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if they did, but that's what I'm saying. That could have happened regardless. So, him being injured or not, I don't think makes a difference. 
yeah. to it anyway. Yeah, it, it can be seen as a bit of a stupid thing to do, going in with a kick-heavy approach, but again, that's just him. If that's how he's, if that's how he's gone in to the camp with, then that's what he's going to do. He's not the type of... I don't think he's he's versatile enough to change his game plan mid-fight. You've seen it in the first... Uh, sorry, in the second Dustin fight. He never checked a single kick. Yeah. And that's, that proved part of his downfall. But he's... He, he hasn't... I don't think he's got the, the fight IQ to be able to switch his approach mid-fight. And it's not just on him. That's not just me getting at him. You see it with a lot of fighters. Yeah. Um, who was it the other week? Um, Grundy. Mike Grundy. Yeah, was, was trying so much for the takedown, and uh, as you know, we we don't get on. We say it all the time. Surely there's got to be a, a time in the fight where a fighter goes, right? I need to change my approach. Obviously, it wouldn't be that easy. Otherwise, everyone would be able to do it. You know what I mean? Usually, that's where the coaches come in. But obviously, yeah. and it didn't get past the first round, so we couldn't really get anything from the coaches. No, if no. Was to even make that change. No. But um, so what do you think next for him? Obviously, he's out until probably. A year. Next, I think, again, like I said before, I think next, forget about rankings for the time being. Um, if Diaz is fit, go for the go for the Diaz trilogy. Settle that. Um, and I think if he does fight him again, he needs to beat him convincingly. Yeah. Because there is always going to be, there is still the question marks about the second fight. And the way to think it convincingly is putting Diaz out, which is hard, but that will... It's that fucking will nearly be, impossible. That will do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's nearly impossible. Um, the way to do it convincingly would be to fucking submit them, but that's never <laughs> happening. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that for me, I'd like to see the trilogy next, another trilogy. Um, yeah. So my last one, um, as I say, little bit different here. So I'm going to give you five actors, yeah. one by one, and I want you to name, in your opinion, their best and their worst film. Okay, go on. All right. So first one, Jim Carrey. Mm. Uh, my my favorite is it my favorite? Yeah. So what you what you've enjoyed the most from them and what you've disliked the most? Uh, my favorite, Jim Carrey, isn't even a comedy. It's it's Man on the Moon. All oh, right. Okay. Um, for me, that that's my favorite for them is worst. Uh, it's a difficult one for for. To be fair, it's probably difficult for all of them. Kick-Ass. Okay, so Lauren's, is, Lauren's least favourite is Kick-Ass, but he's, he's actually quite funny in that. I, I like the minute you yeah, myself. I, I don't mind Kick-Ass. Um, I don't know. I'd, most of the films you've seen with him, he's good in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Liar, Liar, Ace Ventura. Um, the one that I probably didn't like, probably from Dick and Jane, maybe, even though that's good as well, but... Okay. It's not as good as the others. Yeah, fair enough. Um, um favourite would probably be Cable Guy. <laughs> it's it's hard, like, because he's got so many good films. Yeah, I'm gonna go Liar Liar. Um, <laughs> and uh, the quotes for for least favourite. I'm gonna go with. Uh, Lemony Snicker. Mm. I didn't I didn't like that. Yeah. I've only seen bits of that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it, there's still bits of funny Jim Carrey in it, but it's just it's just a bit too weird for me. Yeah. Um but there's like again, I, I could have chose either the Ace Ventures, Cable Guy, fucking the mask. 
Um, even new, a slightly newer one like Yes Man. Yes Man. Um, yes Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good. That was a good lad. Uh, but yeah, Lemony Snicket's probably my least favourite. Yeah. Um, the one I've never watched still, and it's not a f- comedy or not, is, is uh, number twenty three. I've I've watched that once. I think did I watch that with you? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably give it a go at some point. Um. Anyway, next next, next one, Adam Sandler. Worst Jack and Jill. That that's easy. <laughs> that was <Are> easy. <laughs> worst ever Jack and Jill. I don't know what he was thinking with that. I know. Oh, yeah. Fucking <laughs> hell. Don't know what he was going through, but that was shite. Um. Favorite. Oh, fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> to add one again, like I'll give you um, that. First one that springs to mind is Billy Madsen. Again, it's it's hard. He's got too many. Yeah. I mean, even even the grown-ups are good. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but Billy Madsen was one that sprung to mind first. So. Fair enough. And to be fair, you've got the same two for me there. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Billy nice. Madsen. Because I think, I think with Billy Madsen, that's the first of his films I, I think I've seen properly. Yeah. So that's the one that's always stuck in my head. Obviously... You could have gone Big Daddy, The Water Boy, um, The Wedding Singer. There's he's got even, so many. Even like Rain Over Me, some of his yeah. you know serious ones. Bedtime yeah. Stories was yeah. surprisingly good. <laughs> like I don't think anybody expected <laughs> that to be good. Where do you rate Click? I like it. Yeah. Um, I think it's. It got it, a bit of slander, didn't it? All his films do though. That's yeah. the thing with Adam Sandler. And me thing is, I always say this about film critics is you've always got to take what they say about certain films with a pinch of salt because they're there to be critical. Yeah. Like, yeah, and you're not going to get, like, this person... I think they go into it. I think some critics go in to watch films with the wrong mindset. So you'll get a critic who's... They might have, say, they might have done Martin Scorsese's latest film on the last one, and then yeah. you go into an Adam Sandler film. You can't go into them with the same mindset. Yes, you can't. Because if, no. if you start comparing fucking an Adam Sandler film to a Martin Scorsese film then yet they're going to be fucking different. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah, you know, Adam Sandler pretending pretending that he's got a magic remote that can stop time and fucking re- rewind and fast forward and all that. You know, it's just not quite as good compared to The Departed. Well, fucking obviously. Obviously, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> so it's never going to be it's as just, good. Yeah, stuff like that is stupid. But anyway, yeah, his films always get a bit of slander. That, that's why you just go in, have your own view, and that's it. It's yours alone. Yeah. Next, anyway, next one. Um... Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. Uh, Again, that's a tough one because he hasn't really got many bad films. He hasn't got really many bad films. Um, Blood Diamond was good, but I think maybe that's his worst. I, I don't know if that accent is meant to be as it is, but oh, it is. It is it's, it's, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to have to strongly disagree with Blood Diamond. Okay. No, Blood um, Diamond's amazing. They've done perfect. Uh, yeah, but we're, we're trying to... We're trying to go, I, I know what your least favourite's going to be. Yeah, you do. Um favourite I don't know it's hard uh, see I'm trying to think of his films uh, I like him in Gangs of New York actually yeah he's good in that yeah um, catch me if you can probably one of the worst ones just because it was a bad movie did I get it brother I got it yeah you got it yeah you got it catch me if you can is your least favourite we know that yeah highly disliked that and what's what's your favourite um, the Departed. Yeah, it was. It was. It was only going to be that old Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah. But I think just the Departed, 
The Departed is the film. I was going to say, yeah, no. The Departed is the film he probably should have got an Oscar for. Leo. And then... The Wolf of Wall Street is probably the, another film he, he's had so many films that he should have got an Oscar for. I think he eventually got Shutter it for Island. the Reverend. He got he? it for The Reverend, yeah. yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed The Reverend. I thought it was a very good film. But, but it's not the film he should have got yeah, the Oscar yeah. for. Is that better for performances? Yeah. Um, yeah, Leo, Leo's a tough one, as I say. For them, he's, he's only ever really done good films. No, no, no. Even, even Titanic, to be fair. Mm. He's good in that. I was questioning that, to be honest with you. Uh, the other one that you forgot about is Django as well. Django, yeah, Django. yeah. When he uh, cuts his hand for real and carries yeah, on and that. On, yeah, wipes the blood on Kerry Washington's face, which some, must have freaked her out. Yeah, some determination now. Some, yeah, must, it, I suppose it's one of them. Probably, it's yeah, it's adrenaline, it. isn't it, as well? If you're in the heat of the moment and it just, it just, you're in the zone, then you're just going to carry on. Yeah. Uh, but it made the scene better. Yeah. And it's yeah. like Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight when he grabs... Yeah. Um, not when he grabs... Well, when, not when he crashes Harvey's party. Yeah. And he grabs Rachel. Yeah. Um, so she didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, so that was improvised. And she'd well. never seen Heath Ledger in the Joker makeup at the time. That was the first time seeing him. Fuck so the, the fear on her face was legit. Yeah. She was genuinely shitting herself. I know the one that stands out is the hospital scene. Yeah, yeah. He blows it up and they had a malfunction. I, it, you know what? I I read it wasn't a malfunction. No, it was some. It was someone like playing a prank on him, kind of thing, to oh, see yeah. what he'd do. And he just he just yeah, plays yeah. it on you. So I I read it wasn't a malfunction. I don't know how true it, how true that is, but. I like to think that better because it got yeah. a, it got a more it just got a better thing for him. Yeah, yeah. And he and he crapped himself. Played it well, like. Um so with with this one you're probably gonna have the same worst film as you did for Adam Sandler, because I know I have. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Jack and Joe. Yeah, where's yeah, Jack, Jack and Joe? Um favourite shit. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, um See I knew I knew he'd struggle with these, so that's why I done it. Favourite? It's not Scarface anymore. For a long time, it was Scarface. Yeah, you used to love Scarface. But it's not that anymore. Um, Favourites, probably... Fuck you, Quinn. Um, That's <laughs> what I have to put up I'm, with. <laughs> I'm stuck between Dog Day Afternoon, The Godfather, and Carly Throws Way. All good films. Which one? Yeah. Say, all, all good films. Or I, I don't know which one I'll pick. Um, I'm going to go Godfather because, oddly enough, the, um, I don't know who produced it, but they didn't actually want Pacino to uh, no. to be Michael. And I think it was Francis uh, who said, listen, Mike, you need to keep him on. He's, yeah. he's going to play the part well. And Interesting. he did. Still one of the most loved bloody gangster films, yeah. I guess you can say. So, yeah, obviously, where's Jack and Jill again? Yeah. Um. Did. And I'm gonna go favourite. Probably one that probably gets a little bit underrated in my opinion. I'm gonna go Donnie Brasco. Oh yeah, yeah. Donnie Brasco was good. Um, you know, just I, I just think it, he's good in it. Like I think him and Johnny Depp had really good chemistry in it. Like they worked well together. It's based off a of true story as well. Isn't yeah, it? and I've always I've always enjoyed films a lot more that are based on true stories. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and then so final one, uh, John Travolta. I know that's why I threw it in because I thought I'm not really like into him loads. Why, so. not, why not throw Denzel in? Face off is very good, obviously. Face-off and I didn't throw really Denzel in because I didn't think you could pick a worse one for him. Yeah, true. Okay. Um, 
Travolta. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go with Face Off. Face Off is a good one. The Travolta. Doesn't he play a, a woman in there? Yeah. In which? Hairspray. I, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> sure, he plays a woman. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've seen that, but I can't remember. So I'm going to say Hairspray. Okay. Because obviously it can't be good if you don't remember. <laughs> no. The only thing you remember is I'm playing a female. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, Favourite Pulp Fiction? Easy. Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. Worst Battlefield Earth? Which? Exactly. Battlefield Earth, he plays like an eight-foot alien. And you've watched it? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> An eight foot alien, something like that, yeah. And the the invade Earth, it's weird. John Travolta invades Earth as an eight foot alien. Yeah. What's his What's his voice like? I, I can't remember. It was that long ago, but it, and I just remember it was shit. Um, I don't know. If, like aliens have weird voices, but did he do an alien voice or did he do Travolta? Because that just would have been weird. I think they probably just do again. I can't remember. Like you'd have to have a look at the trailer or something. No. Any scenes from it, but yeah, I don't think just... I want to. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm, I'm a toss up between Hairspray and The Punisher as the worst one. See, I didn't mind The Punisher. I thought I, that was all right. I think with The Punisher, because you've got Ben Thor and he done, he, he's basically yeah, the best Punisher. Looked, it's, it's a comparison, isn't it? It looks bad in in comparison to Ben Thor's Punisher, but for the time when it when there wasn't really many Marvel films out and stuff like that, or they were like. Here and there, it was like you had the blade, the first blade I think was out at the time, or had been out, and then you had like Spider Man, the first one. Yeah, there wasn't much in the way of Marvel films, so for this, it was very violent. And I say, I didn't mind it. Wow, this is Marvel, and it had a decent story. Like, it was a bit cheesy in places, but it had a decent story, and it was, I say, I didn't mind it myself. Um, yeah, but yeah, for John Falter. Not really seen much of them, so I'd throw that in and see yeah. see what you thought. <laughs> oh, good question. Thank good you. Questions, technically. Um, last one. Um, so it is another MMA one. So obviously Diaz, he's returning. Um, first of all, are you looking? F- are you looking forward to it? And second, what other fighter, if any, would you like to return? Um. Yeah, mate, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, so, yeah, I am. I think it's it's been, I don't know how many years it's been since he fought, like, but he's always been entertaining. He's he's a good fighter. Um, and I think someone like Robbie Lawler, I think it's, it's good. Robbie needs something to get him motivated again, I think. They've got that history as well, haven't they? Yeah, no, the first fight before. 17 years ago, Robbie had hair and everything. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's still it still weirds me out seeing Robbie Lawler with her you know yeah I know it just, um, it just looks weird but yeah no I think I think it'll be a good fight I'd say I think it'll motivate Robbie um, and I'd say Diaz is always fun to watch anyway so I think it's going to be good what about you and the good thing for him is he can smoke weed and he hasn't got to worry because yeah. they've, they've fucked her off now. well that's I mean, it I mean they fucking the... they sell their own pre-rolled splits now don't yeah. they <laughs> when Nate's smoking at the press conference probably <laughs> Um, I mean, to be fair, they were still smoking weed when he couldn't smoke weed anyway. Yeah. And somehow not getting fucking... That's why he got he got banned in yeah, yeah. five years for smoking Crazy, isn't it? Crazy. What about you? You looking forward to it? Yeah. I, I was, when I had that chat with, with Chris, we were speaking about it, and 
it was more of will will he return and obviously he is so yeah definitely looking forward to it um I don't um, know how that fight. Any other fighter on. I'd want to return. Um I think it'd be a bit cliche if I said Khabib, so I'm not gonna say him. Um, He's not returning. I know. Um Frank Mir. Yeah, okay. I don't know why. I think he's just the first person I thought it'd be great to see him in with the with like some of the current crop of heavyweights. Yeah. Um and see how he fares. Because obviously, I think later in his career, Frank Mir has become a bigger heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think he could. I think he. I think he'd do well in the current heavyweight division. I think heavyweight's the type of division where it doesn't matter if you're a bit older, kind of thing. Yeah. Because you just you're bigger anyway. You know what I mean. So I think he'd do well. Like I think something like him and Stipe would would actually be quite fun. Yeah, and that's the thing with heavyweight, like, ain't. Can happen That's in heavyweight, like anything can happen anyway. But with heavyweight, so yeah, it would be the one for you. The one that I thought you might have said, Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna go Brock to be fair because I I think it'd be interesting to see what he'd be like with the current heavyweights. Yeah, definitely, you know I mean? definitely. Especially without the the word that I can't pronounce, diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. That yeah, David. What? Diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. Right, right. Yeah, that, anyway. <laughs> um, I think it'd be interesting to see what he... God's sake, like. Brock, have an easier to pronounce disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I think I'd... Yeah, Brock. I'd go with Brock. I never thought I'd go with Brock, but yeah. Like I say, I think... I think I've said it before, Brock is one of them fighters who I appreciate more now that he's been gone for years kind of thing um, I think he because of who he was people wanted to see him fail mm. and he never and it pissed people off but then when you actually go back and watch his fights it didn't look the, the most sort of clean and the most polished but it was devastating yeah. like some people going out his punches are ineffective because he just the little tiny punches and like yeah but the little tiny punches with a fucking 6XL hand and he had up yeah, yeah. so he was I, I he was smart at that, at that time as well. He, he was getting compared to Carwin because they mm. had like similar hands. I think yeah. Carwin was bigger, weren't he? And obviously, I think so. Yeah, Carwin could put people out, but actually, I think I think it's fight IQ to see see come back, Carwin. Yeah, without the injuries and that, but Carwin versus Engano, see who gets knocked out first. <laughs> oh, no. Um, now I just think with with Brock, I think his fight IQ was was very high. Obviously, because he had the wrestling background, the, yeah. the proper wrestling background. At college and that, so his fight IQ was always there, and I think people just thought he's not going to be able to punch or kick or anything, but he could. Yeah. So um, he proved a lot of people wrong. I think it's similar with uh, Clarissa Shields, isn't it? Like, yeah, a lot of people thought she she wouldn't do well, and she ended up winning. I think she got a finish, didn't she? Yeah, and it was on the ground. So that's what I mean. People people like to discredit others because they've come from elsewhere and think, oh, you shouldn't be coming into our game. But then. You know, they've got to start somewhere. Look, you know, Greg Hardy's another one. Yeah, former NFL player. It's been a few, and you know, and he got knocked out by Tui Vasa. Shuey, yeah, Shuey Tui. <laughs> he did. Um, so yeah, that's that's the question portion of this anyway. And then, as we said, we just want to. What we're going basically, what we've been doing is we've um, we've contacted a few of the gyms in and around Liverpool to try and just collaborate with them on a few projects and. Thankfully, we've had a few positive 
Um, should we say I don't know if you can really call them meetings, but we've had a few positive discussions yeah. on what we can do and what we can do alongside some of the gyms and some of the fighters and stuff like that. So we're um, we're obviously not going to reveal anything too much now until we've we've got it all planned. But it's uh, it's looking positive. It's looking like a, a different direction for us to go in, but something that'll you know be positive. Yeah, and I think it's just trying to move away from the whole Zoom and that, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a different dy- dynamic. That's what I mean. The, the like world's this. starting to get back to normal. You know, it's one of the reasons we wanted to do this like this today because, well, one, we didn't know how to use the equipment. <laughs> yeah, it took us like an hour to try sort it. Yeah, I'm not going to say why it was, wasn't working at first. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's this is just the way we need to progress. Um you know, we want to be doing face-to-face interviews with fighters that are local. Yeah. And, you know, even if we have to travel a little bit, it's no biggie. It's something that we want to do, so we'll do it. Um, obviously, there's going to be fighters that we're still going to have to do over Zoom and stuff like that if we get yeah, yeah. any American fighters or just American-based fighters. Um, I don't think my car will get over there, to be honest. I don't think I'll be able to drive that far. You could do. We'll probably take quite a few days to get over there. Probably. So, it's it. yeah. <laughs> so, Zoom will obviously still be used for some things, but... In general, hopefully now we can do more in-person ones like this than yeah. than not. That's it. We're just looking on doing a natural progression, aren't we, with the podcast? You know, level up essentially. You yeah, I mean? pretty much. Um, but yeah, obviously, thank you everyone for the questions. Um, just keep an eye out because we will have more interviews coming up soon I'd imagine I don't think we've got actually got one planned at the minute have we but um, we've, no, we've got people no. in the, waiting in the wings kind of thing but nothing's set in stone at the minute yeah because Keaton's days and works are all fucked up at the minute thank you yeah 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 um, but yeah we'll, we'll obviously we'll get back to the interviews but <laughs> I was actually looking at it the other day right in our last 10 episodes that we've done 6 of them have been interviews have they <laughs> oh so we, we've smashed the interviews recently to be yeah. fair um, I, I think that's why sometimes like doing these ones just you know help break her up a yeah. bit more fresh and that you know absolutely so um, but yeah thanks everyone for listening hopefully this does turn out as well as it, it felt like it's gone <laughs> um, and yeah we'll be back again soon so thanks for listening super necessary.